Welcome to the Gorilla Social Work Podcast, your crackerjack clinical insurgents pitting evidence against anecdotes. Greetings, Gorilla Social Workers. We're thrilled to bring you another chit-chat with your host, Jeff Marmalade Sandwich Moore, and yours faithfully, Mace Warren. Jeff and I are both forensic psychotherapists that specialize in treating clients involved in the criminal justice system. We love sharing our misguided musings with all of you, and we thank you so much for your ongoing listenership. Today, the GSW Posse reviews a large-scale experiment on New Year's resolutions. Despite the popularity of New Year's resolutions, current knowledge about them is limited. We investigated that resolutions people make when they are free to formulate them, whether different resolutions reach differing success rates, and whether it is possible to increase the likelihood of a resolution success by administering information and exercises on effective goal setting. If you like what you hear, when the five-star rating button twists its ankle, offer your shoulder to help them walk. But before you take your first step, grab a waist lock and lift the five-star rating up while falling backwards, causing them to land on their neck and shoulders. And now, on with the show. I was, uh, I was going to ask you about, um, I, uh, I listened to the, uh, to the podcast on Arlo's podcast, the one that has like a, a paragraph long on the, um, on the, the title. <laughs> oh, the oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, ooh, good job by the way. It was the one that you were interviewing oh, him. Thanks. You know? And, um, and, uh, I didn't know that, I didn't know that, uh, competitive edge was no more, huh? Yeah. I mean, I guess downsized. I mean, he's still seeing clients. They just yeah. go to his house. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, Wasn't uh, he get a pretty, like, I mean, and so is is uh I, th- I think i was listening to most of it is is he just like uh going a different direction with his career or? yeah no same same stuff he's mm-hmm. still still doing training but he, he was just saying that like so his uh father-in-law if i'm getting this right owned mm-hmm. the building mm-hmm. and um gave Ooh, him a decent su- sweet price. deal yeah exactly yeah the building got bought out by someone else they jacked the price and it was right around then that, the thing that stu- stood out to me with what arlo said is that like, you know, he's spending all his time teaching people how to work out and mm-hmm. teaching them jujitsu and all these different things and uh, devoting all his time and energy into helping other people. And meanwhile, his kids are growing up and he's not, you know, lending his expertise to them. So he's like, I just want to want to spend time with my kids. And, oh, OK. And uh, so he's like, I, I can do it way easier if, you know, I have a client and then I can you know, just go upstairs and be with my family. Got so it. Is motivated a lot by that. Okay. Which totally makes sense. Dude, that always reminds me of like, uh, so is he doing it like out of his house then? Yeah. Dude, I always thought like how, like, I don't know, quaint it would be or cool. Um, I was, do you, watch, you ever watch Bob's Burgers? No. Okay. <laughs> of course not. It's a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. It's really good though. Um, but it, uh, basically they, they own a burger shop obviously. Um, but they live on top of that. So their house is also part of like, so they live upstairs, they go downstairs and then gotcha. they're, they're, I was like, that always seems like kind of, 
quaint, I guess, you know? And, and then I see a lot of movies like, and this is what's really weird in movies. Um, a lot of movies. I was just watching that movie. Uh, you probably haven't seen it. Smile. Have you watched it? No. Eh, it's like a, you know, I give it a B in terms of grades as far as like uh horror movies, you know? Mm, all right. Um, there's a, and, uh, in that she, at one part she wigs out, she goes and sees a therapist. Anyway, her therapist like does therapy sessions at her home, which apparently like in, I, I look back on it, several movies Boy. and, and there was another, there was a series on HBO called in treatment. It was about a therapist that I watched. It was relatively good, but he was doing therapy out of his home too. Huh. Yeah, we could never do no. that. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> with our yeah, that, that's uh, not a great plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's no. So that, uh, well, that that <laughs> podcast that you did with him, I think, kind of inspired me to um, bring up this topic. Which huh. I don't know. I think we kind of talked about this last year a little bit, didn't we? Like New Year's resolutions. We did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and they we kind of talked about the motivation and discipline, and then the stages of change. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so, um, I, I tried to, you know, like always, I try to weave a little bit of, uh, uh, research in here. Right. And I have done that. So we'll, we'll go over this and I'll, I put the article in the, um, the show notes so you guys can read that. But, um, I did, I did want to, um, bring up maybe a unique way you and I can start thinking about new year's resolutions. Because I don't, obvious. I don't. Did you do anything fun for New Year's? I just like hung out with uh, Brandon and Lindsay, his wife. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I slept. I was asleep at like <laughs> nine o'clock. <laughs> I'm boring as hell. Yeah. Well, I had to get up and train later earlier that morning, so I was like, I gotta go to, I gotta go to sleep. So, um, but we successfully made it through another year, and um, and I mean, I don't know. Um, I was, I was thinking, okay, well. New Year's to me is like birthdays to me. I, I couldn't don't care. I couldn't care less about it. Um, yeah, you no- notoriously don't care about birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even though I have one coming up in uh, oh yeah twelve days. Yeah, um, but I well because for me I guess you know the one thing I've come around to is I I guess um, you know with the the passing of another year, uh, you know, at least I think we came to this conclusion last time we were talking was at least it's a benchmark, right. For setting the right. goal. I mean, right. I, I guess I don't really care when you set goals. Um, but at least it is a starting point. And if it inspires you, like we were talking about the motivation piece, if it does inspire you awesome. And, and if that's the starting point, great, it is a little annoying, you know, the beginning of the year when it comes to, um, the resolutioners coming into the gym and just not knowing a whole lot of gym etiquette. I know this meathead talk. I'm just, it just is what it is. Just deal with it. Um, it is a little annoying, but it does go away. So I've come to, you know, I don't really care. And, and if prior to then they were doing nothing and now they're doing something awesome, like anytime people are just trying to improve their lives, that's, that's great. I mean, what business is it of mine? So, um, yeah, so I thought, we'd look into it today on at least a, a deeper level. Um, but I was going to, yeah, I was going to bring up to you something that we were going to, but let's, uh, let's at least, um, so, so I've got, I've got, well, let me, let me start with that. So I'm going to show you 
first we'll get into I've, I've prepared some slides for to for viewers to kind of back up what we're looking at right it'll help us stay on track too but so i thought for you and i and we could do this with anybody because you and i um like to uh challenge one another right yeah so rather than resolutions why don't we have like new year's dares Okay. Now, within reason, though. Yeah. Okay. It's like we'll see. These have to be reasonable dares. Um. That if, but and deals on these too. Like, so they they can't be crazy. Okay. They can't be something that that is beyond our ability to accomplish. Um. And again, they kind of have to be reasonable. Now, I've thought of one for you already. Um. That's why I was going to invite Alan here, which I, I'm kind of actually glad that he's not here. Because both of you have way better podcast voices than I do. <laughs> have you noticed that? I, I guarantee. Well, you told me I sound like a smoker. Uh, yeah. That one time, I think. Yeah. You you just have a voice like um, I will. Have you ever listened to um, like podcasters or radio show hosts? And in your mind, you develop a picture of what oh, they yeah. look like. Okay. I, I almost guarantee what people think you look like is dead nuts on. <laughs> yeah. Now, when they th- hear my annoying ass voice, I guarantee they think something completely. What do you think they're pitching? I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe listeners can weigh in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Comment on what I I look like yeah, yeah. in your mind yeah, yeah. without if you just if you just listen. Like uh, maybe compare it to like a celebrity or something. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to hear what some Weasley looking celebrity is what I would imagine because I, I I just know I, I can tell it's annoying voice. But and Alan Alan's got really deep, he rich, does. smooth voice. Yeah. yeah have Bloody. you ever heard that dude sing? Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. He's really good at singing, and he yeah. he. Anytime we played like a rock band, he'd always nail it and everything. I was like, I was always the drummer, you know, yeah. being dumb. So. <laughs> All right, so here's my dare. You ready? All right. Yeah. All right. So I I New Year's dare you to come hunting with Alan and I Ooh. this year. Okay? You don't have to get a tag. You don't have to do anything. And I just come and experience it. I don't have it. to get a tag? You can. There's a few things that you need to do in, in the meantime, though, which you'd have to hurry. You'd have to go to Hunter Safety. Um, I'd show you where to go register. you get a tag. Maybe. It's kind of a lottery, so who knows? But... Hmm. Even if not, even uh, even if not, so I can I can help you out with all that. So I I wanted to be that for a default because I don't want to give you a way out, tag or not. I dare you to come hunting with us this year, elk or deer. I'll I'll explain later what those entail, and you can make your choice. That is your dare. So you don't have to commit to it right now. That is just my dare to you. All right. Sound good? Yeah. That's reasonable, right? That's reasonable. So now when you come up with that or whatever cockamamie nonsense, that's another word we need to bring. Cockamamie. Sure. Bamboozled and cockamamie. <laughs> whatever. Do, do I, do I, are you needing me to come up with a dare for you like on the spot? Like No, I'm going to give you some time. Okay. I'm going to give you some time. And if you can come up with it today, that'd be great. If not, we can revisit this. Okay. Right. But I figure we'll jump into this because I have a video I want you to watch, which should inspire you. Okay. Mm. It's like, it's a little, it's an interesting approach to today. A little lengthy. It's a little lengthy. It's about nine minutes, but, um, I, I, I almost guarantee that you haven't seen this and, uh, but it's, it should be, it should give us a pretty good, pretty good beat on, uh, it's going to inspire you to, and this is what I was thinking about earlier today um, with some of these things. So let me, uh, let me get us started here. 
dude. I swear. Look at this. Look at this. What's what's up, Atza? What's up <laughs> yeah. with your PowerPoint, son? Look at that. <laughs> okay. Okay, so let's start into some of these things, okay? So Oh, 2023, the year of the rabbit. Is that so? That is. I don't know what those things mean. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I always like. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you guys? Yeah. Is that what you guys did at your New Year's party? You guys just, you just, you just, uh, look. You just scream, yeah, 2023. Rabbit time. The year of the rabbit. <laughs> Bunny time. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to do with that information, man. I know, yeah. I know the year of the rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> Are we okay. celebrating the rabbit? Maybe. Right. Okay. Hunting. So I have a I have a um very strong affinity for this actor. Uh you may or John Ham. Uh, well, I love John Ham, but <laughs> yeah. this is also one of my and, and ironically, he was in the most recent movie with this guy. Um huh. so I, I just want you to watch this. Now, bear in mind, okay, this is a this is a video about Tom Cruise, one of my favorite people on the planet. And you'll know why here in a minute, okay? Bear in mind, dude's sixty years old. Sixty years old. That looks amazing. I, I know. Well, yeah. who, who cares about his looks? I just want I you do. to watch this. Now, look, I was watching this, and halfway through, I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool," but then it just got better and better. Okay, so without further ado, on this guy, this is far and away the most dangerous thing we've ever attempted. So they're showing a ramp. We've been working on this for years. Overlooking a mountain. We're gonna shoot it in Norway, and it'll be a motorcycle jump off a cliff. And a steep cliff. Base jump. So this is. I wanted to do it since I was a little kid. Tom Cruise. Down to one thing. The audience. Who does his own stunts? Talking about jumping off of a off of a motorcycle ramp and doing a base jump. So Tom put together this master plan to coordinate all of these experts in each of the particular disciplines involved to make this whole thing happen. John and I are jumping out of the helicopter. He's going to chase. Good all those masks are doing. Don't be careful. Be confident. Be confident. A year of base training, advanced skydive training, a lot of canopy skills, a lot of tracking. Tom Cruise, he's an amazing individual. You tell him something and he just locks it in. His sense of spatial awareness, he's the most aware person I've ever met. Lots of practice on stability and freefall. Tracking with John and Miles in the air, doing lots of different positioning, like there were a two-man team in the air, coming on top of each other, below each other, backtracking, front-tracking. You know, we've drilled and drilled and drilled. That dude just jumping out of airplanes. He's worth like a gajillion dollars. boosting my respect for the man just watching this. Dude, here's the thing about that, though. Like, I'm not talking about how much his net worth is, how much he has in the bank. I'm talking about how much he's worth in terms of money-making ability. You know what I mean? Billions. Billions of dollars. I just like seeing someone. So we built a motocross. Look what he's doing. Elite, okay. elite Hollywood dude. So Tom Cruise is now, he has a he has a motorcycle that he's jumping on these, these um, uh, dirt ramps. Now at this point, me and you'd be out, right? Oh, yeah. We're out. A long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting on a bike. <laughs> Riding a motorcycle up a dirt ramp and jumping it? No. Place that you can see where Tom is doing it, finding the right lens, the right platform, the right medium, 
even two years ago, the cameras didn't exist. Honestly, that that's... Allow us to do so they're talking about all these shots, which... Really involve the audience. I just want to give so them that thrill. So this is months and months that of training. the camera has to be in front of Tom and as close to him for as possible. Feels like you're going over maybe the 45 seconds cool. of a movie. drill every little aspect over and over and over and over again. They were doing so he's jumping out of a helicopter to get again. used to, to the base jump he that he's about to do. I mean, over 500 skydives. 500 skydives. So over 13,000 motocross jumps. Damn. 13,000 motocross he jumps. He legit trained. Yeah. Replicated this ramp in England at a quarry. <laughs> Dude. And filled the quarry with cardboard boxes, okay. which were there to catch the motorcycle. And the reason so why now they're preparing for the Tom stunt. Could simulate the jump. So they build a How hole, they fill it with cardboard boxes, and a bunch of, uh, of foam. And then we're jumping him off. Angles. He's got a crane so tied to his back, and then the, the bike is falling into the foam. Consistently where now, again, we're out. Space. Oh, Me yeah. and you are not oh, doing yeah. this. No. Matt recorded every single one. Not without a jumps, lot of along with his ground speed, whether there was a head ability to ramp up crosswind. And by doing this multiple times, we were able to get a consistent set of data so that each take we can see what height I'm sixty. He's your, sixty years old. If this was your job, you'd do it. Right into close up. Rule one. Don't hit me with the drone. Would I? Is this actors' jobs? Dude, hold on a second. Like, who, who's, no one else. A, who's a badass actor in your opinion? Jason Momoa? Sure. Say, Jason Momoa, you want to jump a motorcycle off a cliff? <laughs> I mean, nothing against Jason Momoa. I love the dude, but come on, son. This is unique. Tom Cruise is unique. That's... And then as I depart the bike, I'm using the wind that's hitting me here. I mean, he doesn't have to do all this stuff. No. No. They have stun doubles for this. Look at this. So look at him preparing. Dude, look at these shots. Of course, they can just, they can just like, you know, CGI at all that other stuff. Okay, it's over. No, not really. He's really going to do this shit, dude. He's really gonna jump a motorcycle off this cliff. Dude, look at that. That's stunning. Look at yeah. <laughs> Dude, look at that drop. We're here in Norway. Where, where is this? Norway. Ramp over a number of months. Everything here has to be brought in by helicopter. Dude, Engineers everything they did had to be brought in by helicopter because of where this remote location was for this. Today Look is at day one that! Of is so cool. And we are starting in classic mission form with the biggest stunt in the film. What we're doing here is I'm just doing this is for like 45 seconds of the movie. I'm gonna see just this movie 10 times. Sure just to pay homage to Tom Cruise for the work he put in. Yeah. Basically, when he gets down, I see what you're saying. That's legit. He's one of the best men alive. Just best man. You see that Scientology medal? Cruise. <laughs> and then he has to safely deploy a parachute. <laughs> we'll say about Scientology. I thought about that. And I was thinking, him, and he's you know, fly out of it. Um, every other religion, you know, everything is for eternity. 
at least theirs ends after six billion years or whatever. You know what I mean? You know, they have a shit. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Your dedication to them is only that long. Yeah. Way shorter than eternity. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. It's just a billion years. I don't know if it's six billion, but I can't. Something like that. Yeah. But either way, it has an end date. Th- yeah. And then I guess what? You just. Then you ball just, out. You're free. Yeah. <laughs> you just wilding out yeah. after that. Yeah. <laughs> Billion years. Yeah. Think about every other, every other. It's for eternity. You're, you're in it for eternity. You yeah, know, they're not asking much compared to eternity. It's actually reasonable. Yeah, it's a fraction. Serious injury or death. Here we go. You're riding a motorcycle, which is pretty dangerous, on top of a ramp. That's elevated off the ground. So Look at that ramp. ramp. That's going to be very bad. Dude, that's as big as a You're building. Falling. If you don't get a clean exit from the bike and you get tangled up with it, if you don't open your parachute, you're not going to make it. He packed his own parachute every time. No way. Yes. Yes way. I way. Dude, I way. Come in. Look at this lunatic, dude. That's real. 60. That's real. This really happened. There's no crane. There's no mechanical stuff. There's no nothing. Look at him go. Look at him. Come on, son. What happens to his bike? It dies. (laughs) It's a small price to pay for film, son. For 45 seconds of glory. Wow. Come on, dude. Man, they were holding their breath with that. The, the price tag Tom Cruise has. What did he do? He packed his shoot right. Himself. He did that himself. That's tight. Okay, and look, here's the other piece about this. Not only did he do it once, okay? Because you got to get a few shots in there just in case it's you do that. No! No! Would, would you? I wouldn't trust myself on a bike. Pretty much the biggest yeah. stunt in cinema history. Tom Cruise just rode a motorcycle off a cliff six times today. Six times. I mean, dudes like Evil Knievel made a career out of being a stunt. Dude, I am. That's ju- cool. That's cool. I am just saying. All I right. am just saying. So, I mean, you showed that to me to inspire me well okay think about it like this dude next time next time when you're down and out and you are like man i uh, i don't know if i want to go to the gym today or i don't want to know if i do this today tom cruise jumped six times dude and he's 60 that's all you need to tell yourself is he's 60 and he did that that's crazy man that is that is nuts that is nuts so the last few times that i was like thinking about how <laughs> epic was that scenery dude? Though? that was crazy yeah. that was crazy so that should inspire you a little bit to think a little bit about about what you might dare me to do have you come up with it yet you want something like that no yeah like, i want mine epic, like reasonable okay i want mine reasonable yeah. i just want to say like whatever it is man you coming hunting with us pales in comparison to that nonsense. You know what I mean? Like it it just, those type of things when people do that, I'm like, it's nice to remind myself like, hold on that dude. 16, he's jumping motorcycles off of cliffs, bro. I mean, here's the thing. I, if I, if something comes to me in the next 40 minutes, however long we're talking, okay, I'll throw it your way, but you just think about this. Well, this, 
I don't have to decide today. No, no, like, no, we no, got, no. Like we got time. Yeah, I don't care when. Some I introduce in the next episode, and and I do have to have a reasonable time frame to do it. I mean, hunting uh, yeah. doesn't happen till next uh, 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 no, uh, October. I, I need time frames like that. You're good, and because here, here's the thing, I'm. I just got through reading this book called The Comfort Crisis, mm-hmm. and it talks about how soft we are, and that you know these. I couldn't tell by the title. Right. I know huh? these like, you know, air conditioned rooms that, you know, everything's tailor made for us, you know, and, uh, the, the lack of like the, the human beings are kind of designed for struggle yeah, and that we actually benefit from like a mental health perspective from having like difficult things. We thrive that way. We've, we've evolved to thrive sure. in, in comfortable situations. And so I was talking about a lot of the mental health problems is because of how soft and, um, you know, comforting everything is and so yeah. it talks about doing what's called a misogi like m-i-s-o-g-i it's a japanese word mm-hmm. about that like people intentionally willfully put themselves in difficult situations often outdoors and like it's physically taxing mentally straining outside of anything you've you've done and like that's kind of what hunting sounds like to me it uh it definitely is it will be difficult and but also like it will prepare you to know whether or not this is something that you want to look into a little bit more cuz you know it's investment it's a it's a financial um time and and energy investment you know um the reward is is awesome um it, it's it's about the um you know in terms of understanding it's like one of those things that I think I got a pretty good grasp on why you dig jujitsu. Um, and, uh, I mean, and mine is, I think more of a, a choice of, um, of, uh, preference in terms of, you know, physical, uh, uh, goals or whatever. But in your case, you know, uh, you kind of have to be there to understand a little bit more about it. You know what I mean? So sure. that's why I was going to have yeah. Alan come. He's kind of a de facto. He should. That guy should. I've heard him talk about it. it, it well, it he is. should. He, he, dude. I mean, I talk a lot of crap on Alan, but truth be told, that guy should like be a, a world famous outfitter at this point. Would he be a good guide? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He should. And we should just go with him for free. And then he charges everybody else. But the amount of like, I mean, the like the the bulls and the bucks that he gets are, I mean, amazing. You know what I mean? Compared to other people. Hmm. So it's just and and a lot of it just hard work. You know, there's no no free lunches in there. That's the thing is if I be coming along like I I, I'm so fish out of the water with something like that. I know nothing about hunting. I know I, I know how to hike. Yeah, you'd be all right then. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, and you could work hard and you could push yourself and that's dude, I was thinking that comfort crisis thing is um that that's really cool cuz I was <laughs> I feel really bad for like I think about third world countries, you know, that don't enjoy things like like um air conditioning and stuff like that. Just, oh, and um I just want to know what the mental health incident rate is there. Probably next to zero. Like nobody it has says time. something like that in the book. Nobody actually. has time for depression or anxiety or anything. Like that that's a luxury that it referenced that. Right. Like I I I just thought I'm just thinking about that. Like and then <laughs> my favorite part is like there's there's a lot of push to obviously like 
end some of those comforts, you know, because we're destroying the planet and everything and, and, you know, carbon this and all that. I'm like, well, eventually those won't be third world countries. I would suspect, or maybe those guys get their way out of there. And I'm like, are they going to industrialize? And well, imagine that you get to the point where you can finally have air conditioning in your home and you've been living in sub-Saharan Africa for the last you know, 20 years. And then he was like, no, no, sorry. We can't do that with our, oh, hell no. It's like, no, we finally nah. got, no. Yeah. For the next well, hundred years, yeah, I'm getting yeah. some AC. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> no, that's good. Well, so let's look at this. Let's look at this study, um, that we, that we were going to review. Um, this will kind of be helpful. So, um, the abstract on this, basically they had, um, 1,066 participants. That's a pretty good end size, I think, you know, as far as participants go. And general public were randomized into three groups, active control, some support, and extended support. So control doesn't have any any bells and whistles attached to it, okay? So three groups. The most popular resolutions regarded uh, physical health, weight loss, and eating habits. So that should be no surprise to anybody, right? At a one-year follow-up, 55% of responders considered themselves successful in sustaining their resolutions. It's more than I thought. And participants with approach-oriented goals were significantly more successful than those with avoidance-oriented goals. That's something that, like, I don't know if it's the same study or a different one, but you, I remember you sometime in the last year, you pointed that out to me. Well, this, so this was a, this was, we did a, so this was this study was published in 2020 and we did a podcast previously on this and the study was done in 2017. So they've updated it. I see. Yeah. I had a goal once upon a time of, uh, well, Hey, before this, can you, can you succinctly describe approach oriented versus avoidant avoidance goals? I mean, it, it, Kind of like comfort I crisis. I it later. It's in the, yeah. yeah, it's in the name, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, approach would be like you're working towards something. Yeah. And uh, uh, avoidance would be like you're trying to not do a given thing to stop smoking. So, to, an, uh, so an approach-oriented goal would be I'm going to run a marathon. Yeah. An avoidance goal would be I'm going to stop smoking. Yeah. Okay, got it. But what were you going to say about comfort crisis book? Or did no, I, I was just going to say the term approach-oriented and avoidance-oriented is is kind of the, the, the name is as obvious as what the comfort crisis is about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> kind of says it. Okay. So this is, so they were randomized. Um, and so we had group one participants, uh, were completed three self-report measures were assigned three follow-ups that occurred last January, June, December. And this was in 2017. They published in 2020. Participants in this group were given no additional support, served as an active control. In group two, participants uh, reported their New Year's resolutions and belief in their chances of success before naming a specific person responsible for supporting them throughout the year. Participants then completed the three self-report measures, same as group one, and were assigned 12 monthly follow-ups one at the end of every month from January through December. In addition to the extra information during sign-up and more frequent follow-ups, participants in group two were each sent one email with information and exercises on how to cope with possible hurdles when striving toward personal goals. So they just got from information. The, yeah. Researchers basically gave them a, a motivational email, essentially. What's happening at the end of the month, though? They're, They're just reporting like how successful they are. Yeah. Um, and then... 
the more thorough instructions, more frequent group follows, and additional information and exercises were assumed to increase their chances of success compared to group two. Okay. Now, group three had everything that group two had. They were also uh, asked to formulate goals in terms of approaching rather than avoiding something and to set interim goals throughout the year. So one of the things we talk about when setting a goal is like break that Short down into smaller goals, goals right? Uh, the participants then reported their New Year's resolutions and, and belief in their chances of success before completing the self-report measures. Ooh. So that's actually an additional thing. That's a motivational a little interview, MI. interviewing yep. technique, which is um, I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna base my confidence on how important something is, and also like you know how, or essentially it's kind of readiness for change, right? A mixture of importance and confidence. Import how important something is, how confident I am in succeeding it. Dude, y- yeah the. The importance, how important is this to me? Uh, like I've thought about the goals that I have failed on mm-hmm. and it's been because I didn't really give a shit at, yeah. that much. It just felt like maybe a good thing to do, but it wasn't something that when I really thought about it mattered to me that much. Yeah. Never got off the ground. I was in pre-contemplation despite trying to tell myself I was in action. I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. The importance. Um, I mean, and I think that, I think that supersedes I think even confidence, you know what I mean? It has to. Well, confidence to me builds upon itself. Right. You know, I mean, so we'll go back to the marathon example. Let's say I'm going to run a marathon this year, right? Um, And let's say my importance is really high and it's important for, I I don't know why that would be important, but let's just say it is. Um, It's an eight out of 10. And then my confidence is a one. Well, your confidence will improve if you stick to a training train. Plan. Yeah. Right. So after I start noticing, yeah, the first few times it's going to suck, you know, my first few runs. And then after a month, you're going to feel more confident. I guarantee it. So then that confidence goes from, you know, and even, even deeper, we will ask our clients to define for themselves what will give you more confidence? Like wh- what would what would it take from, you're a one right now, what would it take two. to get you to a two or a three? And really that's that's taking an interim goal and then even breaking that down even further to help them. You know, these really proximal goals are important for our clients or really any clients who are struggling with a mental health disorder or or whatever it is. I mean, they, they just need to know these things, you know, as they're coming through. Right. So they they integrated that into these new year's resolutions. So these were not necessarily, none of these people, I don't think really, um, they were screened for having, they were just messed up. It is these just general population. Yeah. So, I mean, certainly a handful of them would have some sort of mental health diagnosis, but they they weren't targeted in that respect. So they still did this for that population. Like basically a random sample. Yeah. Um, Let's see, the participants then, okay, we already did that. Similar to the participants in group two, those in group three were each assigned monthly follow-up and sent an email with information and exercises for coping with hurdles when striving toward personal goals. Additionally, the participants in group three were each sent three more emails, so more emails, with information and exercises regarding motivation, thought patterns, and negative spirals in relation to New Year's resolutions. Sure. So they were, that's addressing kind of what we're talking about. Right. The much more in the- much more support. So when they say support, it wasn't like they had a dude sitting there, you know, or a gal sitting there telling them what to do. Information. You know, just yeah. like a uh, uh who is it, Mick from Rocky? They'd have a Mick in yeah, the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Mick motivated Rocky the way that you like to be motivated. You like yell at Rocky and tell him he was a bum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely. Which <laughs> that's, is that's that what is, fires you up. That's so. I mean, <laughs> I, it, it's so weird because um, it reminds me. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of a lot of clients that we've worked with who said um, the really confrontational and you know we we. I've never ever had anybody explain this to me where they say, "Yeah, we break you down so we can build you back up." I've I've never understood that. Like like, like the rationale behind what that means. Yeah, I don't even. Why would you? Why do you need to break them down in the first place? Like that seems the, like a lot of extra work you're putting. Oh, well, and what does that mean? The implication is that they're broken, but what are you breaking down? And emotionally, I suppose, right. cognitively. So does that mean you're you're making that person feel terrible? I don't I don't know what that means either. It, I right. think it's just kind of a are you just being emotionally abusive, or it seems just kind of like a thing to say that sounds like like hard nosed. Yeah, you know, but it, see, it those are. That double talk in Very therapy, serious. that double talk in therapy just doesn't, it bugs me. It bugs me big time. I mean, I was, I was listening to a, um, I was listening to a therapist run a group the other day and, um, she said, well, you know, the definition of insanity, oh God, like I know. right where this is going. And, and I mean, so everybody knows, you know, like doing the same thing over and, and expecting different results attributed to Albert Einstein, which by the way, he never said it. Look it up. It's worth a Google. Um, Abe Lincoln said it. <laughs> John Hamm said yeah. it. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> but what I will say is it, it's what's insane is that we say that to our clients because guess what I ask them to do? I ask them all the time, hey, try this social skill. And if it doesn't work, try it again because you probably missed something. And then if it doesn't work, try it again. And then maybe 20 times later, you're going to start to see some traction on it. So I ask them to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results because you should suck at this right now. And you know how I su- you know you're how going I, to suck at this. You know how I know you suck at this? Because you're talking to me in my group. I know. I, I don't even need evidence. I already know you suck <laughs> because you're sitting talking to me. Yeah. And you, the only way to get better is to practice at it and get better and better. Like, is that what you tell a basketball player? It's like, hey, keep practicing your shot this way. Um, and eventually it's gonna you're gonna see that ball go into that hoop. Nope, no, no, no. No, you should try it differently every single time because doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is insanity. Right. It's so stupid. Right. Like I like right. just think for one second what you're saying before you say it. You know who says that? You know who says that? <clears throat> That girl that confronted us at Atza. That's what she says. <laughs> I guarantee that's her. She says that yeah. every time in her group. And she thinks, and yeah, she thinks she's so like, being I am about to blow time. their mind, yeah. man. Here we go. <laughs> so, all right. So, the introduction to this was uh, given the fact that millions of people pledge to make a change for the better every year. There is, there is a need for more systematic research. However, looking at research on personal goals in general provides a bit more insight into the process of changing one's behavior. Several studies have examined the importance of goal orientation, often finding that approach-oriented goals are more favorable than avoidance. Approach-oriented goals involve reaching or maintaining a desired outcome. Avoidance goals focus on avoiding or eliminating undesired outcomes. Okay, So that's, I, I think if you're a listener... If you're thinking about making new goals, um, you should focus more on main, like reaching or maintaining a desired outcome and not well, not avoiding or eliminating undesired outcomes. I don't know if you'll have an answer for this, but 
if my goal <clears throat> were to, I don't know, like, let's just go with smoking. Cause why okay. not? like if my goal were to quit smoking, that would be an avoidance goal. True. Uh, like, what would you say if that was my goal? What would you say? How would you make that an approach goal? So I'd weave that into something like running a marathon um, because I'd say, well, um, you need to you need to pick something that you're that you either want to, you know, um, build up to and or maintain. Right. And and there's several side effects of smoking that that one can point to and say, well, you know, your health are going to get worse for this reason. So if I just want to maintain health, for example, I can come up with multiple metrics. But for me, I'm saying, okay, we'll go further than that. Pick a goal that you feel like is going to be, you know, something beneficial that you can add to your life. And I don't know, last time I checked, it seems like it might be kind of difficult to smoke while you're running a marathon or at least training for that. And so part of my approach goal toward running a marathon would be, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to at least lessen or discontinue smoking, but that that's built, that's baked into the cake that that's kind of what I would do. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Um, so support participants in group two who had some support group three, they were instructed to name one person responsible for supporting their progress throughout the year. The participants were given information about the many benefits of involving friends and family in striving for change. The positive effects of social support on success and reaching one's personal goals have been demonstrated in several studies. Accountability buddies. Yeah. Well, well, and we always talk about, um, you know, like one of our lessons that we work with a lot of our clients who are reentering, you know, just the community from having a period of incarceration are building social supports, right? And knowing what makes a pro-social support versus, you know, an anti-social support or or a risky individual and just identifying those people. So, and that you need these pro-social supports in your life. So yeah, if it's a kind of billet buddy, (laughs) so be it. Uh, Um, Participants in group three who who had extended support were instructed to ha- to were instructed on how to formulate their New Year's resolutions in order to increase their chances of success. So, for example, participants were given information about how unclear, abstract, or overwhelming goals may increase the risk for behavior associated with making up excuses for not pursuing one's goals, which is a phenomenon described in the literature on procrastination. In this case, participants were encouraged to formulate specific, measurable, acceptable, realistic, and time frame goals. Oh, your favorite. Smart Your goals. favorite. Yeah, yeah dude. Another, another thing. Yeah. Yeah. Love them. Although, although, well, I'll come back to this. All right. So, um, I, and I do think that that's kind of important for anybody listening is um, – have a clear goal, right? Whether you do smart goals or whether you don't, the most important thing about this is, um, like, like, um, we, we, we ran a group and over and over, I I remember running a group with you one time and over and over the clients could not come up with a specific goal. And, uh, like one of the things was, one of the things was I'm I'm going to be less depressed. Right. Okay. I want to be positive. Right. But how would you so if you were walking somebody through that? So, oh so you so you said I um I want to be less depressed. How would you walk a client through that to say, um, how, how do you quantify that and well, make it more? Specific? I have to start by maybe again if I want to make this into a approach goal rather than an avoidance goal, I have to like find out what would make them feel happier and or give them purpose or give them meaning. And then 
find a way to operationalize that into an action. Perfect. But that that's really all you need to do, right? So you but that's I think when people are formulating these things, you know, um you, you can't have a resolution like have a good year. I don't I don't know it's what that meaningless. means. Right. Um or just something so I did it. <laughs> what what? <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so unclear and I, I think if you don't set very clear and, you know, measurable, realistic goals, it's going to be difficult for you to notice any amount of success, okay, you know, in, in that. And I mean, again, uh, keep it within the realm of possibility, too. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm, and I'm, I'm not saying shortchange yourself at all, but I am saying that, you know, I, I would rather you just focus on your potential and then live up to that potential. And the good thing about that is that can always like living up to your, to your potential begets more potential. Like you, you get there and then it's like, well, what's next? It's, you know, <clears throat> potential is a, a concept that I think never has an end date on it. You know, I think you get there and it's just what oh, I've got. I got here as far as mm-hmm. I'm going to get, you know, um, been six billion years. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you say, I I always think about the stages of change, and that's a question you should always ask: Is once I've, once ever I've, whatever I'm trying to do in this stage of change, I've made the change. Now I'm just in maintenance. Ask yourself, what's next? How can you build on that next stage? And then you'll move further away from whatever was causing the problems in the first place. Dude, you you actually got in my head about that. Um, so I I do all these. I mean, they're not impressive by any means, but I every year I set these little mini goals. And like, like for instance, for all of 2022, it's been like at a minimum, I do uh, 50 squats and 40 pushups a day just as like a minimum body weight. Yeah. Body weight. Okay. Yeah. And like, so in other words, the, the hard part is like, you know, 10 PM at night when I've gotten into bed and I laying there and I forget, damn it, I didn't do my like, getting out of bed and actually doing it is, yeah. you know, it's, it's like the discipline or whatever. And so like. I'm definitely in the maintenance stage. I, I sailed through that goal, did it easy. Now it's 2023 and I'm, I'm maintaining that, but now I'm adding to it that mm-hmm. I'm also adding on top of that an hour of yoga a week as, oh, a, as a minimum. Good. Yeah. And so, so like, I think I'm just going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep adding things to it once I've maintained some. <laughs> then level. eventually have zero time to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Yeah. It's like it's like I I watch a I subscribe on YouTube to this guy Athlean X. I don't know if you ever seen him. Uh-uh. Um, he he's a personal trainer that actually fits the part. You know, he looks like it. He looks like a person shredded. Yeah. and uh, and he's really helped me on like I'll have lo- like lower back spasms a lot because I'll run and then and then just I'll try to tie my shoe or something and then it spasms and I'm out for like a week. You know, oh. um, and taught me a lot on doing you know maintenance on my lower back with because it, it's not the big muscles like you know, lower you do, back problems for years yeah but like you know the the ones that a lot of people do um that you know like they put a weight on their chest and lift mm-hmm. up those are really big muscles that you're working and these little tiny ones are the ones that spasm and so there's really oh. tricky ways of, of working on these little muscles and he helped me out a lot but like it's funny his his channel like he has a ton of uh a ton of like you know just 
of his of his videos that say do this every day but there's like 80 of them so i'm like dude if i did every one of those every day i'd have i couldn't even work (laughs) just doing weird movements (laughs) no like yeah like i mean you have to do it during session yeah weird ass movements (laughs) with a client he's like what are you doing bro? sorry man just (laughs) pretend i'm not doing this athlete next brother (laughs) ignore this so uh uh participants in oh wait Let's see here. We just went over that slide. So participants of group three were also provided information about the value of interim goals instructed to formulate six such goals for the new year's resolution. So they took the goal, broke it down into six small goals. Focusing on the distant future enables people to postpone their efforts, which is yet again a phenomenon often described in the literature on procrastination. Conversely, interim goals that are temp- uh, temporarily closer effective effectively mobilize our efforts and thereby determine uh, to what we devote ourselves in the here and now. So in other words, like one of the things that they're talking about in the study is, um, you know, if, if it's too far in the distant future, like, um, so an example is like, I'm doing an Ironman training right now. Right. And it's 40 weeks to do this training. And, uh, but it's easy, I think to look at that. And for the first few, you know, the first month, just blow it off and say, yeah, you know, cause a lot of Ironman trainings are six months, which is not 40 weeks. Right. And so it's, so this is almost double that. And, and I look at that and I'm saying, no, 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 no. Like what I do know is somebody put this together and it's very formulated to prepare me for Ironman. And yes, I don't get all the days in, I don't think anybody does, you know, but I, you know, preparing for an Ironman takes a lot longer than like, you know, when do you start anything? Right. So you have to, so it's like, okay, I need to get prepared for this in, and because I'm going to have times when I get sick, I'm going to have times when I'm too sore to do this or potentially risk injury, or I need to go on vacation or I need to work or something like that. And I think all that together to me makes a whole lot more sense. Cause if you put too distant out there, you know, it can turn into to whatever, which is, I think a fundamentally a problem with new year's resolutions anyway. Cause you know, I got till 2024 to do this baby. Right. You know what I mean? So setting those, those short-term goals, I think really exactly. helps. Um, okay. So the measures of success rate, they said at each point, the participants rated their success on a 10 point scale. So this is where they were doing the check-in, right? From 0%, I have fully and completely abandoned my new year's resolution. (laughs) That's so final sounding. (laughs) I know. To 100%, I'm sticking to my new year's resolutions fully and completely according to the plan. Now, in order to assess success rates, a cutoff was applied wherein participants who scored um, greater to or equal to 70%, which was, I am by and large sticking to my new year's resolutions were considered successful while participants who scored less than or equal to 60%. I am considering giving my new year's resolutions a shot were considered unsuccessful. So anything below that was considered unsuccessful. Okay. In subsequent analyses, the cutoff was dummy coded as a dichotomous variable as one success, zero. So basically they, they did a cutoff and then went from there. Okay. <clears throat> and here were the results. Um, so number of participants, you can kind of see uh, physical health, 33%. 
weight loss was 20%, 13% was eating, 9% self-improvement, 5% mental health and sleep. Sounds it's weird that they mix those two things. Yeah, mental health and sleep. Uh, 4% was work and studies. Well, self-improvement is generic as... Well, yeah, th- and they operationalize Isn't that all that shit. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess I don't, I don't know. know. Self improvement, yeah, you know, I don't want to distract. Maybe I get better at playing guitar or something. Three percent uh, tobacco, two percent consumption. Like you, you get diagnosed with consumption. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that where that you? Means. Isn't that where you just diarrhea till you die? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a problem. It's a potty problem. It's, that seems such a weird, like. Uh, that used title. to kill a lot of people. I know, but consumption, consumption. seems like it's going the opposite yeah, it's direction. Yeah, consumption. It's the lack thereof. What's it's the opposite the of evacuation? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just yeah. call it evacuation. Yeah. Okay, two uh, percent personal finance, two percent drinking. I would assume alcohol. Two percent friends and family. Two percent home environment. One percent hobbies. One percent engagement. One percent love. Okay, that was the breakdown. All right, and then here's the the outcome. So group one. Uh, you see, they give you those, you can kind of see those weaved in there, but look who came out on top though, in terms of the success. So right here on the, which is, wait, this is the Y axis, right? This is the X axis. Um, one. so what no, no, no. What am I Group. looking at? Oh, I was looking at the chart wrong. Yeah. There you dummy. <laughs> so, um, the 1062 participants, relative success rates, 95% confidence intervals, so group two actually did better than yeah, group three. Yeah, why would that be? Well, so they had some thoughts on this. This is like oversaturation with Right. So among the participants who set approach oriented goals, uh fifty eight point nine percent considered themselves successful compared to forty seven percent. So obviously do approach oriented goals, folks. Um, group two versus group three. So a post hoc analysis indicated that participants in group two who had some support reported significantly higher rates of success than those in group three, huh. which had extended support. Participants who received more support thus consider themselves less successful than those who received less support. Participants in group three were given information on how effective goals are specific in time frame. A specific goal is beneficial because it affords more information about what one is supposed to do to make progress towards one goal. However, a specific goal also clarifies when one is not doing what one is supposed to do. Participants with a vague resolution, for example, to take care to better care of oneself, may consider oneself to be successful if he or she has made some changes in that general direction. Conversely, a participant with a specific resolution, for example, to exercise twice a week, might consider oneself so oneself unsuccessful if he or she has not fully adhered to that pledge. All right. That that so it's not that group two was necessarily objectively better. So they perceived no. themselves to be better because they had more loosely defined uh, explanations of what success was, but but let me ask you uh, this though. But it, isn't that the point of New Year's resolutions though? I mean, we're not talking about therapy goals here. Right, I mean, I'm not working with the substance. Well, use what do you mean? Well, okay, what is? Well, I don't know. What are you saying? The point of New Year's resolutions is just to feel like you accomplish something. Well, if, if as opposed I, to actually accomplishing it. Well, it's not saying that they didn't accomplish it. It just says that their goal was vague and they felt like they were better in that general direction. So, well, so so, <clears> it's, <throat> so it's like, okay, if if it's vague, I want better overall health. So that means that 
okay, maybe I got to the gym three times this month and I ate one less bonbon and feel really good about that. And, and so it's like, okay, I am doing better with this. Whereas the person that had the goal of going to the gym, what did it say? Twice a week. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe they went once a week, but they, they otherwise like went, went to the gym more often than the people in group two, but they just didn't perceive that they were doing better because their specific goal, they didn't meet that criteria. Like that, the the person in group three still conceivably did more towards their goal than group two. Yes. Potentially. But but yes, but group two though, um, they, they felt like they had, better success. They felt like it. They felt like it. Okay. Which, okay. So if you think about the point of a new year's resolution, I mean, this is really what I think it boils down to is what's the point of the new year's resolution. Okay. If the new year's resolution is to make you feel better about yourself and at least move into a right direction or something like that. Okay. Um, then group to accomplish that. Right. And, and I don't know. I don't, that's the goal. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily, I mean, unless like, you know, your goal is malicious or something, you know, <laughs> like towards another person. If, yeah, if the goal is to feel better about yourself, I, I, I get that. It's just like, I guess, but like, what if it was like a goal, like the, what you're setting with, you know, training for an Ironman, if, if the goal is to be in Ironman shape, then me feeling better about myself wouldn't make any difference. Um, you know, I, right. I think confidence does play a role in, your ability to successfully complete that. But it, but I mean, like what if you weren't feeling quite as good about your Ironman goal, but you, but you had objectively put in a lot more work because you set these specific measurable objective things. Well, I'd be better off. I'd be better off in completing the goal. If I just felt better about this, you know, um, it reminds me, my, my physician, Dr. Sharman, he was mentioning that he was uh, he volunteered down at the Ironman St. George, and he said, "I've never seen more people that had no business trying to run an Ironman no in shit. my life." And he said, "So many people were just you know a horrible health condition, and they tried to do this, and he was treating them for emergency care." Oh God, yeah. yeah. Which <laughs> so to me, it can it can that. I guess you could say false sense of confidence yeah. could be potentially dangerous, provided that your goal is something on the on the level of running an Ironman. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, that's not, it's not, I, I'm just saying no, it, for this. For it's this, a good study. It just, yeah. I guess it depends on what you want out of it. So one thing they did say too was participants in group three were also asked to set interim goals throughout the year. While interim goals similarly to specific goals clarify what we're supposed to do. They provide even more possibilities for failure. For instance, if a participant sets six interim goals, he or she has six possible deadlines to miss. So that was the other thing too is, you know, and, and so I guess it depends on the point of the goal. (laughs) Yeah. Is it to feel better or to achieve? And I mean, maybe it's not an either or like, right. Maybe the take home message. Well, I don't know. What is a take home message? Cause like doing group three, is in theory the most likely to be primed for achieving the thing, although not necessarily feeling as though you succeeded. But like that person's output might end up being better if yeah. we're measuring output. <clears throat> well, um, I think I think I think uh, maybe, if, in, in my opinion, um, 
one flaw of this study would be the dichotomy of success or failure. Mm-hmm. Oh okay? yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so I don't think failure. Uh, so fa- there's only one way for failure, in my opinion, and that's quitting. Okay. Um, it, so quitting, in my opinion, is is exceeds failure. Failure is just a side effect of becoming successful. So, um, Perfect. A, as you're as you're progressing, so my thing is, I would I would want to coach. So, I think objectively, you can say Group Three probably did better, like objectively in terms of reaching their goals than Group Two, right? I mean, I don't know, but maybe. Yeah. Let's say they did. Yeah. Um, if you did this study again. I think reframing, you know, cognitively reframing, uh, maybe interjecting some replacement thoughts on what your success and failure looks like would be better for group three. Because <clears throat> yes, if my goal was to save $500 and I'm going to do that by um, putting away $50 from every paycheck, okay, and I'm going to check in six times a year. Easy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, if I save 400 I mean, did I fail? Exactly. I I don't think you did. Right. I mean, you you were successful. And like we do with our clients, it's saying, well, you didn't fail. You you did, you know, 85% of your goal. Um, Let's troubleshoot the parts that you didn't do. And let's find out what barriers there were. And let's work on removing those barriers and then potentially moving on to, you know, doing it again. That's the move. Yeah. So... I think it is kind of hazardous to just feel like you were successful, but group three deserves to feel like they were successful. They just need to change their metric on what success actually looks 100%. like. 100%. Right. I, I mean, if you I'm look at that. like, I want to live a successful life, start by not comparing yourself to Elon Musk because you're always going to be a loser. Always. Okay. Always and forever, you're going to be a loser. Now, if you just compare your like yourself to yourself, you know, of what success was two years ago for you. Okay. That's a realistic metric, you know, like I'm not going to externalize this. I'm going to internalize this, kind of go from there. But that, that would be my, my critique of that study and what I think would make it better. I agree with that. So in summary, what do we got? Use approach oriented goals and avoid avoidance goals should be pretty easy. Reframe what success and failure mean, but still have objective measures. I mean, the reason I have a problem with smart goals, aside from therapists, you know, the obnoxious being yeah. silly. If you want to set goals, you want to know how to do it. You want to be smart. I'm like, <laughs> God, okay. Um, just, I, I think one of the things realistic pretty much encompasses everything within smart goals. In Attainable, my opinion. realistic. Yeah. I mean, it, it's smart goals. My biggest beef is it's just redundant to be spam. Yeah. Specific positive. Positive is the one. So that's one thing that we talk about is that it needs to be positive Mm -hmm. um, in terms of this, this, you know, you shouldn't be trying to hurt somebody or, you know, your goal shouldn't be, I'm going to bring down Deborah this year. (laughs) (laughs) Bring down. (laughs) I'm going to destroy Barbara. (laughs) You know, you know, that's what some of those. Government yeah, workers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're talking about. <laughs> that's funny. That's that's their goal. But um, 
yeah, it should it should be positive in that it's it's bringing a net positive into your life, um, and then also, uh, yeah, I think those things are good. But reframing your your own understanding of what success yeah. is, so I think we can all agree on that one. Damn good PowerPoint, bro. I'm impressed, oh, pff, dude. I keep pumping them yeah. out. Okay, that's a so before we uh, before we break, you got a uh, you got a have you thought about? I have a genre, but I I. At least I have some research to do before I pitch it to you. So okay. I don't, I don't want to let me wet my beak, huh? No. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Then your homework then is between now and next time we meet is this is your therapy goal, uh, is that you come up with some sort of new year's dare. Cause your dare is to come hunting with us this Got year. It. Okay. We don't say anything more about this. No. Happy okay. new year. Happy new year, folks. Okay. 